It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 27th of March. Yesterday, a super fun day, and we're going to build off that on this Friday edition of Locked On Jazz with an extended podcast. It's all coming up on Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully making it way more fun to be a Jazz fan. Stay safe, stay socially distanced, hope everyone's doing all right. Uh, So yesterday, they had John Stockton's birthday celebration on NBA TV, and they aired a bunch of our old games, and we live-streamed it, which many of you I know couldn't make. Um, and it was a crazy idea, you know, second screen experience was just trying something new in this time. And so it was cool because Thurl Bailey stopped by and Mark Eaton stopped by and Jeff Hornacek stopped by and Ron Boone stopped by and Craig Bullerjack stopped by and David James stopped by and Dave Fredman stopped by. Uh, most of the shows were actually these interviews. So we did like five hours worth of shows. I, I'm going to turn them into podcasts. So there's going to be multiple of these, um, over the next day or two for you. Because I thought they were great. So I'm going to Hornus and I'm not going to do it in order game. Hornacek was amazing watching the final six minutes of game seven of game six in Houston with Jeff was one of the cooler experiences uh, along really, really cool experience. Uh, So I'm just going to you're going to have to understand that's what's going on. I'm just going to give you that interview. Mark Eaton. We had a great conversation while kind of watching part of the Spurs game. And I'm going to give you that conversation here on this edition. And then we'll all put put out another one for you. Um for uh probably monday and then uh or maybe just for the weekend so uh that's the plan uh i want to thank murdoch hyundai uh they are trying to do the best they can in the circumstances for all of you out there they've put together uh hyundai uh murdoch sure and hyundai assurance the combination of the two uh for you uh you can do all your shopping online at murdoch hyundai.com uh and then you can choose your car. They'll bring it to you. You can test drive it, uh, or you can choose what you think you like. They'll bring it to you. You can des- decide whatever order you want, however you want to do it. They'll bring the vehicle to you. They can do all the financing online. So limited contact, all the uh, sanitary issues that need to be taken place. They also have some special deals right now. 0% on all models, no payments for 90 days. And if you lose your job, Hyundai will pay up to six payments for you with Hyundai Assurance. So if you need a car right now, Murdoch Hyundai is doing great things uh, out there for you. I'm driving the Palisade. It's fabulous. Uh, The little Kona, uh, the Santa Fe is what we got our son. Uh, So we are big fans, and I think you will see the value in it. But go do the research at MurdochHyundai.com. And then uh, also, so Murdoch sure is 0% on all models, no payments for 90 days. And then Hyundai Assurance, if you lose your job, they'll uh, give you payments up to six payments for you with Hyundai Assurance. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me, I hate cooking. Multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app, and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. 
But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple, because let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it, and if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, uh, let's start it off with Jeff Hornacek, and this is from, we're watching game six, final five or six minutes of that uh, with Jeff. And again, this was all on a live stream, so some of the quality I've had to download it a bunch of times is not as perfect as we'd like, and, and hopefully you can stick with it for that. Yeah. How you been? Yeah. Let's start there. Good, good. There, I have you beautifully in a little box. You look like I almost know what I'm doing, almost. Yeah. Well, you're probably better at this than I am. I had to get Abby to put the Skype on her computer and figure it I, I, out. I was going to ask, I was going to text you later where the family was. How, is everybody doing all right? And everybody. Yeah, you know, oftener, Abby came back from New York a week and a half ago before this all. I mean, it just barely started off. So we said, well, you got to get out of New York. So she's been able to work from here. So it's been good. Okay. Uh, How about you? We're Hold good. Up and we, got, we had that whole crazy night in Oklahoma City, so I tried to stay um, out of it the best I could, uh, and just kind of. I'm now on the wrong, the other side of the 14 days, so I have a little more freedom. But Summit County, where I live, is completely shut down. We have like a huge outbreak of cases, so um, uh, we're we're on shut in. So there's there's not much going on here at this point. Oh, beautiful uh, pass from Hornacek to Stockton, but Stockton misses Ostertag with the offensive rebound. Do you I like? Do. You say you have no game recall, right? We've talked about this before. You cannot remember games at all. Yeah, I remember plays, certain plays, but now, you know, stretches of it. Or I knew this game. We came back from being down. Then um, obviously John shot and some other plays. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have that photographic memory where I remember every play that happened. Do you um, not that Le- like LeBron last year when that absolutely incredible press conference where he like replayed the entire game in his head? Um, right. Do you do you remember like the mood about this game at all? Of like, did it really feel like hey, we got to avoid a game seven or anything of that nature? No, I felt like I think we were we were thinking, well, you know, let's go. We have nothing to lose. If we lose this game, we're coming back for game seven in our place, which. You know, we were pretty dominant at home. So, and I, I think we we're pretty confident that even if we didn't win this game, we'd win it in seven. A few messages from the listeners and, and viewers right now. Uh, Night Stall on Twitch says, You were such a fun player to watch. Jorgis says, You were my favorite player of all time on Facebook. So, they, they, they haven't <laughs> forgotten you yet. Well, th- thank you all out there. That's, uh, um, I think this team, especially, there was something about that time. And, uh, that's why it's so good to see how, how well the Jazz are doing now with this group of guys. And they're young, and they're going to have a lot of good years ahead of them. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it with uh, my daughter and my wife. And going, Abby said, well, how old were you guys during this? I said, we were old. <laughs> I mean, this, uh, um, I don't know if any of us 
uh, were in our prime, but guys were still, uh, you know, there's five top 50 players in this game between John and Carl and Drexler and Barkley and Elijah on that, uh, you know, big team. I think the fans really got behind us, and they still do. You know, the Utah Jazz uh, fans are, are fantastic. The uh, three oldest teams in the league that year were the Rockets, Jazz, and Bulls. Yeah, well, that's three out of four. Uh, name that fourth team. I don't know. Who uh, the Bulls? Beat, did they beat the Pacers? I think that was the next year. Who? I think that was the next year. Okay. Because that's that's when we set out those ten days waiting oh, yeah. for that series to end, and kind of just threw us off a little bit. You were too good when that when that guy threw up three air balls in that series to end the game. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we went through those series pretty fast where we were like 10 and 1, you know, because you didn't have the best of seven in the first round. So we'll see if this gets a laugh out of you from Facebook. Ryan says, I'm watching this give, game. Give this kid Ostertag a big contract. <laughs> he got one. I don't know if that was the timing of it, but uh, uh, yeah, Greg played great. You know, his, when you go up against Elijah Wan and, you know, tie the games when we played Lakers and they had to go up against Shaq, that was there. Those are tough uh, assignments, and Greg did a nice job for us. And I mean, teams that go to the finals, I mean, these final four teams, you have your stars, but then all your role guys have to do their job. And Greg and Brian Russell and Antoine Cars, and Howard Isaacs, they they all did uh, a great job for us. You're down eight. You're down ten now. There's four minutes left, and you are down ten. Yeah, we are going back to Salt Lake for Game Seven at this point. Well, I don't think if you, you know, Carl was so hot this game. We said, well, let's just get it to him. But then you'll see here in a, a couple minutes ahead, uh, uh, another one of those Hall of Famers just t- takes over, and it was fun to watch. I think that's Carl's last shot of the game right there. Yeah, it, it might have been because I think because uh, I think you and John do everything for the rest of the way after this. I don't think I did much, but uh, uh, there goes John. Oh. Where are you in the game right now, by the way? Uh, same thing. John just took a three. And missed it? Okay. Yeah. And you tapped it out of bounds? Yeah, it went over the top. Yeah. All right. No, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out because I'm – so you're a little ahead of me, so I just want to make sure I react correctly uh, okay. where we are in the game. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, well, you know, I think we're a veteran team, too, and we've been through this with – with John and Carl, they're so calming and calm players at the end of the games that you, you always feel like you're in the game. You know, all you got to do is make a play or two. And our defense just really kind of came alive and, and really got stops with it here at the end. So Great steal right there. Have you thought, watched, when was the last time you watched this game? Uh, I don't know, probably 20-something years ago. <laughs> Have you been watching the old games with nothing else on? Uh, I have not. I have not. We've been uh, we've been doing other things, trying to you know take walks and get out of the house and uh, hang out in the yard and enjoy the nice weather here. Oh, thanks. So. Appreciate it. Only snowed a foot at my house today. I appreciate that though, Jeff. Thanks. Snow? Yeah, about a foot plus, and there's no ski resorts open, so you can guess how well I'm dealing with that. Yeah, not too well. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> you talked to John today for his birthday. Uh, I talked to him yesterday, actually, uh, and we're going to talk here in a little bit. Uh, um, Abby does a uh, little thing, so he's, she's going to ask him a question about this game, and uh, I'm sure he's getting ready for his birthday cake here pretty soon. So we'll try not to hold him up too much, but 
What are, what are the odds John's watching this right now? Zero. <laughs> uh, how much how much higher than zero can I go? Zero? <laughs> how much lower can you yeah, go? Right. <laughs> uh, you should watch it. He's totally his birthday. I mean, I wonder. Do you really think it's there's zero chance he's watching it? Yeah, I wouldn't. I, okay. I wouldn't think he'd be watching it. He's more. I, he's more likely watching like an old David I, Stockton Julie game. Not, yeah, I wouldn't have known if it, uh, it was on if you and not called oh. me the other day. All right. Well, I, I, I there I am paying the ass again. Sorry. <laughs> at least I'm consistent. At least at least twenty five years later, I'm still consistent, right? Things never change. <laughs> it's it's only twenty three years, right? Okay, we're not Thank that you. old yet. Well, we might be, but. B. Russ, straight down the barrel. Yeah. It's pretty money. Uh, I think you're ahead of me, aren't you? What's the score? Uh, 96-89, 240 left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're ahead, or who's ahead? When Greg just blocks Elijah on? No, you're ahead of me. If I had this as a play-by-play announcer telling me what's about to happen, I'd be really good. You know the one that jumps out? You watch these games, and you know it's going to be a one-point game, right? The little... Oh, beautiful. Oh, foul. Um, Jerry brought John back in for the final play of the third quarter, which my memory is he didn't do very often. And John hits a pull-up three to close the quarter. Like, you know, I mean, you look back at these games and every little point matters. Yeah, well, we, you know, that happened at the end of the first half, too. Oh, yeah. Where, uh, I think we were down 11, and then I forgot somebody scored, and then Carl got that offensive rebound, shot it right at the buzzer, and made it. And uh, yeah, you know, finishing off quarters, two points here, two points there. That's those end up being big. It's so like that's the one thing I do love about rewatching these games because by the time you're in it and covering it, you don't and playing it. I'm sure. You don't like you kind of only remember the last few minutes, the last five minutes, and then it's like, oh, like I had even just in this forgot about the mailman buzzer beater. It's so funny where the one or two points along the way. It's what it's why these coaches are always yelling at you that every possession matters. That's why coaches get gray hair. Right? You you look good. Yeah, I got a lot of gray going now. Well, you were you did work in New York, so I really can't <laughs> imagine. <laughs> I can't, you know. I won't. I, since we're on a live broadcast, I won't make my next comment to you about things. So, um, you know, I'll text. I'll text you my next comment rather than saying it in a way that gets me in trouble. Um, okay. Yeah. You, you know, you you picked your you picked your life wife partner much better than you did some of your other partners. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're right there. That's right. Um, what is it interesting? Do you watch the style of the game then compared to now? Well, yeah, it's so much different. Uh, um, you, you can see just execution of plays. You know, there's. I got a text from my son earlier in the day from the, the one in Chicago, Ryan, saying, uh, uh, "I think he watched the Denver game <clears throat> that was on earlier." And uh, uh, he goes, "129 points, and you guys only took four three-point shots." <laughs> it's, it's amazing how that works. You know, it's. You can get them either by scoring and shooting through a lot of threes or getting the free throw line. And, you know, we were obviously with Carl. You know, you, you can get in the bonus early. That, that's a big strategy, get to get to the basket. Because uh, uh, then once that happens, the defenses have to kind of relax a little bit. And 
and uh, especially in today's game, you know, that's that's one big key of trying to get that bonus early. That that makes a world of difference. So, you know, here there's a lot of inside play, inside and then out. In today's game, it's more outside and sometimes in. Maybe if you get an offensive rebound, is the only time. So, different styles. It's interesting to me. I uh, watching tonight today, and I've watched all three of them. I had forgotten how much room the illegal defense gave everyone. Um, yeah, there's a little. They had to start above the free throw line, but you could get right at the dot. So, I mean, but when you like, you'd move the they'd move Stockton and Malone would move the pick and roll off to the off to the wing, kind of play at free throw line extended left side, and everyone had to be lifted up. Today, you're not get you're not getting that kind of room on an angle angle left pick and roll anymore. Well, you could you could have gone, you know, you just are committed to, to the trap then, you know, back in the day. It's not like you couldn't go off those spots. Uh, you just had to start there. But as soon as you started moving that way and cross that area, you had to go double. So, you know, that, that changed the strategy a little bit, especially against, you know, you see in this game, uh, B. Russ hit a couple of huge threes because eventually they're going, what are we going to do with John and Carl? And then it leaves other guys open. So, um, you know, the, the wheels kind of, we had great coaching, you know, between Jerry and, and Phil and uh, Gordy, uh, you know, the, the strategy of using the rules in your favor is uh, something that they came up with and did a great job of putting us, putting us in those, uh, in those areas to, like you said, create the space that John and Carl can do their thing. Well, there John dug in and came over and cut that one off, just like you're saying, exactly kind of on cue. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we were we were doubling Elijah Wan. He was, I mean, that guy was fantastic. So we were doubling just about every time he touched it, doubled and tripled. And, and uh, you know, just re-watching this game, I thought we did an excellent job of getting back out to those shooters. You know, they, they hit some threes on us. Uh, but we were digging it out and not letting the king just go crazy. And uh, we were scrambling back out and at least challenging shots. So... Again, what what gets you to the finals, gets you championships is the defense and at least in these this game it looks like we did a pretty good job with it. Uh Mark Eaton joined me earlier today and we were talking about players. He said Elijah was the hardest player he ever had to guard. That that was the one who gave him the biggest fits, just that those soccer feet, that mobility. He's like the other guys, they were big and they were strong, but I was too. He's like Elijah, I that was just more than I could handle. Now, he had all the spins and the thing about Elijah is he could spin, and then he knew where all his players were, and would make these passes out, out from, uh, uh, you know, making a drive to the baseline, spin to the middle, jump up in the air, and we'd have three guys and and rotating around scrambling, and he'd throw it to the right guy. Oh, he was, uh, he was, he was uh, uh, a real force down there to try to to try to do something with. Yeah, sometimes you had to pick your poison. And you hope the other team missed the shots. B. Russ, big three, makes it a four-point game. Right, here's, here's a good example. Since I'm a little ahead of you, <laughs> you'll see uh, us helping out and then thrown out and trying to get back. And You, know, you, did, a nice, you did a nice job there, Jeff. You got back to Ellie. Yeah. And so, you know, sometimes you get lucky the guys miss it. And, and this is about that area where John just takes over and, uh, you know, he, he makes them, he gets the steal right, uh, right there. So I shouldn't be announcing it because uh, oh, there it is. Minute left, two on two, stock to the rack. That was a nifty little move right there. 
Yeah, and that's I mean, that's what happens when you're down by 10, 12 points in a game, and uh, all of a sudden you catch a team. It's like ah, we're going to win this game. <laughs> you know, you have you have great confidence of uh, of those things those things happening. What was John's competitiveness like in this setting? Like, was it just yeah? What was it like? Um, I would say John's competitiveness was no different than any other time. He was competitive every play of every game. You know, he never took a play off, and uh, that's why he's one of the 50 greats. You know, he's, uh, um, he could have done over his career a lot more scoring than he probably, uh, uh, you know, probably would want to. He enjoyed making passes and, and getting other guys involved and running the team and, um, but if you just said, "Hey, go out there and go out there and get us 25, 30 points," he probably could do it every time. Great defense, right there, Jeff. Oster tag a beast. We were scrambling all over. You did a great job. You cut off the baseline, forced Ellie too deep. There's, there's a good picture of John. The guys played 45 minutes probably in this game. Running all game long, he's not even sweating. <laughs> that was one thing about John. He he never sweat. <laughs> well, my direct TV just um, got stuck. I don't know if yours did, but mine just got stuck on uh, uh, clicking on John Stockton's basically with a certain phrase uh, in reaction to the call right there. So uh, if yours is still rolling, you can tell me when the shot goes in here coming up in a minute. Because I actually have the broadcast. My broadcast has frozen on direct TV for a second. Oh, no, we're just with uh, Barkley shooting his free throws to put them up by two. All right. 12-2 yeah. run in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that an Abby or a Stacy? No, that's, that's Abby. How's it going? Good, Abby. Congratulations oh. on all your success. Thank you fun, so much. Fun, fun to watch. We're all keeping an eye on you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'm keeping an eye on this game because my dad was pretty good. He was really I'm good. Not. You were really you were really little though. Or not was, even born yet. I was pretty young. Yeah. I was three years old, I think, in this game. This is ninety seven. I was three. All right. It's yeah. great. So, so there goes John. You know, Barkley made his two free throws. Are you still frozen? No, I got it. They just came back to Stockton scoring. Yeah, so, you know, that, that's, I think, John's fourth basket already in this last minute and a half. Uh, uh, maybe three, three baskets and two free throws. So That was a pretty crafty version of creating the, uh, to get his little right-hand floater with pushing off of the left side there. That's a nice job of opening up a shooting window. Body control. That's right. The double-breasted uh, suits by the doctors in the back are, are really classic, too, <laughs> by the way. When you watch these, and they skip little things, you know. It's like uh, we now they're showing it where we have we have the ball with the 2.8 seconds to go. Um, they didn't show the play where they missed, and now we got the rebound and uh, call timeout. Oh, they skip for this. Do you remember this huddle at all? Yeah, John, get the ball, or get it to call quick quickly on a pick and roll. And, you know, we I think Brian and I scissor off. Uh, and then John was coming off. We, we run this play lots of times at the end of games. Uh, um, but it was kind of a fun one to rewatch here when uh, uh, John goes up for the shot because he is open. And my direct line of seeing that ball travel in the air, going, man, that ball's in. <laughs> we win this game. All right. I know what 
but I'm nervous. <laughs> that was Abby saying she knows what happens, but she's nervous. I bet her a dollar earlier that we win I this game. The but she, she said that she would bet me $2. <laughs> the best is when you jump into John's arms. Well, that guy was pretty happy, that Jerry Sloan guy right there. Yeah, I think we all were at this point. And it's funny because we all do the celebrating here. And then the biggest thing, we go in the locker room and, yeah, there was a celebration for like three minutes and then we just sat at the locker room, had a beer and got dressed and went home <laughs> and uh, uh, celebrated in Utah. But that was an excitement for all of us. Uh Obviously, John, none of us have been to the finals, um, so it was a big final accomplishment. Nice scream by Carl. Yeah, or bear hug. I think Drexler was bear hugging him. Yeah, if you can watch that. Oh, yeah. See, I, I, already, I already knew that ball was in. Well, let's see. What's, what's, watch your reaction. Yeah, you've started. You've started to run toward John before that ball is in the hoop. You absolutely I had, I had the best angle at it, watching it. So. <laughs> Stephen Howard clocks Greg Foster in the face as they're running out there, by the way. Uh, yeah. That's great. You know, I mean, I think what you're touching on, though, is the loss in Seattle was so awful, right? I mean, that was just horrendously painful for all of you guys. And most teams don't, you know, that's it's hard to come back from something like that. Yeah, um, you know, we, we had opportunities, you know, this was when 96, 97. So, um, you know, I think the seven years I was in Utah, I think we're in the Western conference finals or finals. I think if I'm not mistaken, maybe six of those years. So, uh, we had opportunities and then finally, you know, this is the year that we were able to, well, I guess the last two years we were in Western conference finals, but up until this point, so maybe five of the years. So, um, yeah, it was it was an accomplishment. He finally got over that hump and had a chance to play in the finals. So I think Jason Morford on our Facebook feed just summed it up. So cool. The technology made it possible to watch the, with a, the jazz moment with a jazz legend who played in it. Seriously amazing to think about. He's actually in Alaska. The rest of us are all at home stay or stay at home in some sense. And we're eavesdropping as you watch the greatest moment in jazz history. I can't thank you enough. Really cool. Uh, you know, appreciate your taking the time appreciate the fact we're still in touch 23 years later too i think that's that's equally as cool so um great to talk to you and uh you know hopefully the nba season gets back to uh at some point this year uh and can get the playoffs because like to see donovan and rudy and those guys uh you know do the same thing there in utah well it'd be great and uh if we ever play that april 11th game in phoenix dinner or lunches on me or coffee or whatever it is say hi to stacy uh congratulations i like the way you offer uh breakfast or lunch or coffee or whatever you know there's no game april well no but like if that game is played on june 23rd then i'll uh, you know uh, i got you i'll I'll get i'll get yours david all right well you know i also didn't want to like make you have to go to dinner with me i thought coffee was shorter you might think that was a better choice (laughs) (laughs) great man i really super appreciate it 
congratulations to Abby on all her success. Uh, Abby's kind of building her sports broadcasting career, and then not only sports broadcasting, but kind of stepped. To, last time I checked, had stepped and done some non-sports things as well. Is on yeah. her way. Um, in, Fox Nation, check it out. Yep, Fox Nation got, doing great work. So great shows. So yep. Say hi to Stacy and thank you very much. And hopefully we'll get in touch. And if you come on out in town, let me know. All right, man. Thanks, buddy. Take Appreciate care. it. That is Hi. Jeff Hornacek. So super nice of him to join us. What a special night uh, experience. I got to be honest, as a lifelong jazz fan, I covered Jeff. Uh, you know, he, he and I became friends when he was uh, as a coach, obviously. Uh, but, you know, uh, I, I was in the media then. I probably shouldn't have felt as much as a fan. But as someone who rooted their whole life, if you told me, uh, I have a sign next to my in my desk that says you know if at 18 it's kind of my mantra on things if if at 18 you'd ask me well if at 18 uh i got to do a a dual broadcast with jeff hornacek rewatching so as a jazz fan i have to admit that was one of the cooler experiences i've had that was that was really um that was awesome and uh, i was pretty geeked about it that was that was a fun part hopefully you enjoyed that as much to have one of our great legends take us through the greatest game uh in jazz history david james and craig bullerjack joined me throughout that broadcast as well it was super fun they're up on youtube or twitch at locked on live if you want to go uh re-watch them Steve Carter over at Intercap is still helping people out right now. It's actually a great time to do it. And Intercap does a wonderful job with their app. And so you can do so much of it uh, without of a refinance or whatever you need to do without uh, interaction or with appropriate social distancing. Intercap has done amazing work over the last period of time in Utah by uh, getting deals done. Great customer service. Uh, I actually just sent Jake Scott over. To Steve Carter. Uh, his number is 385-800-8528. Uh, they are really advanced with their app, and so you can do a ton of stuff there. Uh, they've been innovative with that, streamline the process. So they will uh, communicate the process through you throughout the process for you. And Steve Carter is doing amazing work over at Intercap right now. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Visit intercaplending.com for more. If you talk to Steve or if you're, if you're interested in Steve, make sure you tell him you're locked on jazz. You get the corporate rate. He's helped out a ton of our people. He did my uh, refi way back, and, and right now it's not a bad time to do all that, and particularly if you have some time. So 385-800-8528. Give Steve Carter a call over at Intercap Lending. Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out, to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s, it just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. I tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, 
and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on the name of this network right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on. Now let's go over to Mark Eaton. And our conversation we had with Mark, this was during the Spurs game. Uh, This was another highlight. Mark's just another wonderful guy. So it was super, super fun to have this conversation with him. Or somebody put up the other day, like the 1969 NBA Finals. I was watching that with Wilt and Bill Russell. That was pretty fun to watch. So, um, yeah, this one's got some good stuff. It's It's fun to go retro once in a while. What was the 69? What did you see in the 69 final? What was that? Um, it, it was the Celtics beating the Lakers in LA. Um, and, uh, it was just kind of fun to watch. Wilt got hurt that game, but just some of the, the great players from back then and some of my grew up watching in LA and stuff that was just kind of fun to fun to revisit them. Keith Erickson and other guys down there, Elgin Baylor and, and, uh, some of the great players that were just on TV on the weekends, uh, and uh, growing up in Los Angeles. And so that was, a uh, that was fun. But, um, yeah, there's been quite a few, uh, retro games here or there i'll flip the channel on I'm like wait a minute i think i just saw me um and then uh who posted oh somebody posted that uh, 94 series against the against the spurs in the playoffs and and i was hurt that dirt at that series but dennis rodman and and jerry sloan getting into it and john Stockton getting into it and and i was watching that one the other day too and i was given rodman the evil eye when he walked off the court i was hurt but i was still ready to take him out <laughs> I, you know, I gotta tell you, I'm I'm not. Um, if I'm uh, if if I'm Dennis Rodman for all the other stuff, I'm not uh, I'm not messing with you. I'm uh, you're seven five or seven four. I'm I'm going the other way. Well, he, that's what he usually did, but he'd like to talk a lot of smack, and I could never get him to stand still long enough to uh, to hit him. But um, but trust me, I would have. I get been able to get close enough. <laughs> We are live right now on Locked On Live on Twitch, on Facebook, on YouTube. We're live on uh, uh, Facebook and Periscope at Locked On Sports. If you have any questions for Mark Eaton, uh, you're welcome to uh, do so. So send them in to me. Uh, again, for those people who uh, are, might be aware, we're on, we're on multiple channels, kind of audio-wise, so just make sure you have both channels up. That's been the one kind of comment that people have. But if you have any questions for Mark, uh, obviously today's Stockton's birthday, so we're all kind of uh, highlighting Stockton and, and everything about him. Ron Boone was just on with me talking about just his ability to see the game uh, before it happens. W- what do you re- recall about kind of playing with John in that regard? Well, that's uh, true. I, I agree with Ron in that standpoint. Uh, he had he, there was nobody else I ever played with that could see the floor like he did. He he saw everything was going on. You know, he's always had his head up, coming down the floor, looking for the next opportunity, and uh, and his ability to deliver the ball where it needed to be at the exact right moment, I think, was just uncanny. Uh, and and it, it really was a nice symphony out there on the floor, especially like the year we're talking about, like '91. Um, and, and that kind of those early 90 years uh, where the team was just in a in a good uh, mode and you knew where each other was out on the floor in any given moment and, and you could just glance over at John if you felt like you were open and he would deliver the ball to you and I, I love kind of sneaking behind the defense because people would forget about me on offense a lot and I'd just sneak behind the defense and just kind of look at him and, and bam, the ball would be coming to the rim and uh, so it was just uh, it was just a magical time and um, 
and I think some, I think, you know, wow, was, was he really that good? And, and, and he was. And you look at how hard it was for us to find quality backup point guards for him over the years. Just somebody else who could get out there and run the ball, run the offense, and how difficult that is, um, even as a six-foot-tall player, to find a guy like that with that ability to know when to shoot, know when to pass, know how to run the offense, keep the team moving, keep everybody in the right direction, distribute the ball well, uh, make sure everybody got touches, and keep everybody happy, and, and make it all come together in this, in this uh, orchestra environment was, was just remarkable. Well, and it's so fun to watch because you do, you know, the game changes and you do forget a little bit. I mean, you kind of know, and I love my numbers, as you know, so you always have the numbers. That, but it's great to watch. I mean, he never turns his back on the game. He's ne- he, the, the thing that jumps out to me watching this game with his 28 assists is he gets one here from Daryl Griffith. Uh, is it's not the obvious pass. Like you think about so much about him and being stocked him alone, pick and roll. But even that pass right there to Daryl was probably the third option. Oh, great steal by Daryl, by the golden Griff here. Um, and leaves it behind for Mike Brown for the big dunk, the Brown bear. This is so great. I love this. I I feel like I'm 20 again. as part of the reason you get to feel like you're 25 again. Um, (laughs) The, uh, but it's interesting that it's not always the obvious pass that you think he's going to make. No, it's not. I mean, he was he was great at looking one way and throwing the other way. Um, and, and, but again, the, you know, the the timing of the passes was, was always so remarkable to me. You know, he didn't wait too long. He wasn't there too early. It was always at the exact right moment. And he knew his teammates well. He understood where they liked to receive the ball, how they liked to receive the ball. And we had some great scorers on that team, like you say, with Griff and and Jeff Malone and uh, you know Blue Eddie. And some of the guys that played in those teams back there, along with Big T, and, uh, and each guy had their own little kind of idiosyncrasies or nuances or just, you know, their style of game that John always was able to adapt to along with the mailman. Uh, and uh, I, I think that was always the most remarkable thing to, to watch out on the floor. It was so much fun, uh, you know, as you've already seen in this game a few times, which just playing great defense, you know, collecting the ball, throwing the outlet pass, and just watching this whole thing take off down the court of, uh, you know, the fast break. And um, that was, those were just glorious moments for me. And I think that it's something that sometimes gets lost in basketball is that uh, you've got to create the easy opportunities. And, and those teams in the 90s, we did a, we did a lot of that. Uh, by the way, uh, John just got his 23rd assist on a lob down low to Big Mark Eaton, who lobbed it up over the defense for a little four-footer up and in. Hot Rod, very excited about the 23rd assist. Nobody loved John Stockton more than Hot Rod Hundley. No, uh, he was just uh, uh, amazing. Hot Rod loved him and just loved, you know, uh, Stockton him alone, Stockton him alone, Stockton him alone. And I think that was just a a fascinating time. Uh, It was just a a great era and a great time to play basketball. So, um, you know, I... uh, I just really had a, had a good time with all uh, with all playing with all those guys. By the way, I'm sorry you're not watching NBA TV because you can see Dwayne Shinsis' hair, which is really <laughs> one of the more special hairdos of the, all the, time. The, the mullet, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. You, you can't forget that one, huh? Oh, we lost you. You can't you can't forget that one, can you? Oh, looks like we might have fro- Mark might have frozen up on the screen. We'll see if he he pops back. If not, I'll call him back here in a second. The, the Skype connect. Oh, he's calling me back on Skype. Let's see what I can do here. Here, uh, there we go. Uh, we'll get Mark back here in a second. This is what happens all day long on a live show. I'm not 
if you guys are expecting perfection, um, there, everyone's using Wi-Fi these days for Zoom conferences and everything else. So the internet's a little over overwhelmed. Uh, we'll get Mark back on here just in a second. I'm, I'm, here, I'm, I'm here, here with you. you. There we go. Um, Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Just, just a, a second. I'm just kind of trying, trying to fix my. Uh, Oh, Stockton has 25 assists, and Hot Rod cannot control himself. And they're up 20 on the Spurs. They're rolling. Hopefully we'll get Mark. Mark's fixing something. We'll be back with us. We'll, uh, good story on, our, uh, on the line about the fact that uh, Mark Eaton signing an autograph for the grandparents at Tuscany Restaurant. Um, and all that's going on there. Mark's doing a lot of speaking these days. Um, and doing a lot of those kind of things right now uh, for corporations. He could actually, he's going to become an, it's going to now become all online business. Mark, are you back with us? Oh, no, he's calling me back. Let's see if I can grab this one. Uh, we can, oh, there we go. Hey, you're in okay, a brand that. new spot. Well, I, um, it was actually my fault because uh, my laptop that I had set up here, um, I, forgot, I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> I'm not too worried about this one today. We're doing like a, you know, a huge production with one man controlling the whole thing. I, I'm, there's not a high stress level to me of making sure that everything is done perfectly today. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about that to that. So, um, and I'll try to get you back on here in a second in the, in the box. I have Mark. Um, Mark is, is with us and I think you guys can hear him. I've got a, um, I've got to find a way to get his picture back in somehow. I'm not quite sure uh, where I'm moving all the wrong things right now. So give me one second. And I'll get that fixed. Um, but we were, I think we were talking about Dwayne Shinsis's hair. Since then you've now blocked two of his shots and he now just turned it over because he was scared of you and passed over out to Jeff Mal- uh, Stockton, led the fast break to Malone, who promptly double dribbled and hot rods beside himself because it was a chance for another assist for John and he didn't get it. You should have seen Malone miss the dunk a moment ago that would have been Stockton's like 24th assist and Hot Rod's unbelievable, unbelievably missed that dunk on a perfect pass from John Stockton. Well, that's, that's one guard always thinking about his stats, right? So. You know, yeah. it's, it's funny. You mentioned this a minute ago, Mark. Uh, watching, this, um, watching this right now, it, it's interesting to me that there. I almost would say that there's a comparison to the team that we're, we've been watching this year in the sense that it's really, I hadn't thought about it before, it's an incredibly offensive-minded team with a big man center in the middle, right? I mean, you're not thinking about yeah. Blue Edwards, Golden Griff, Mike Brown, many of these guys as defensive players. There's one defensive player on this roster. He wears 53, and his name's Mark Eaton. Well, it's true. I mean, uh, that was really our, our, our mantra throughout the, uh, the 80s and into the 90s was uh, just, uh, and it started with Frank, was, which was, you know, play defense, try and get 60% of your points off the fast break by creating deflections, block shots, getting hand on the ball, whatever you could do defensively, because it was so much easier to, to score a fast break at the other end than it was to come down and set up an offense. And we were an okay executing team, but uh, we really thrived on that, pushing the ball up to the floor because we did have those great scores. And um, and I love being the center of that and, and having everybody just funnel their their uh, offensive players into me so I could block 
block the shot or change a shot or create something. And, and um, you know, and all of myself and Thurl and Big Mike Brown and everybody, we're always great at throwing those outlet passes and getting the ball out um, of our hands. And, and John was so good at being the center fielder and, kept, you know, connecting, uh, connect, or excuse me, catching the ball at half court and then turning and taking it down the floor. And, of course, you got mailman and whoever else is on the other wing running down the other uh, the other end, and and I, I think that, you know we see some of that in the in the Jazz. They, you know, the Jazz they do a little bit differently. They don't they don't seem to run quite as much of the early offense that we used to do. You know, Frank and Jerry were also were and Jerry picked up on this from Frank was just about running wide down the floor and then crossing underneath and forcing the defense to track with you because if you took your man underneath the basket as you were running from that wing. Um, you know, he, he couldn't stop and just clog up the middle. He had to stay with you. And usually that trailer player, the second guy down the floor, was was wide open. And um, uh, in, in uh, Quinn Snyder's team seems to do that a little bit differently. They kind of run down the middle and try and set up to get some early offense. But I really think the way Frank did it and Jerry did it was, was a little more effective from that getting that real early hit, that real early opportunity before the defense got set to, to get the ball in a scoring position. Well, it's also now everyone runs the three-point line, right? Well, that's true. Analytics just have a big part of that as well, and and uh, I don't always agree with that, but but I look at the numbers and you know who was it a couple of months ago? Rick Carlisle's was um, you know get on Charles Barkley's case because he said Charles had said that uh, and Jack had said that Porzingis needs to get down uh, low at low post with the Mavericks and. And Rick Carlisle's like, no, that's not what the numbers say. You know, the, the analytics say we're more effective. We score more points if he shoots three-pointers. I'm like, okay, you're seven-footer shooting three-pointers, but it's a different game today. <laughs> well, and he actually shoots them pretty well, and he's, and he's a terrible post-up player. I mean, part of this also yeah. stems back with how they're developed, right? So Przingis has never learned how to go in the post and play that way. He's not, he's not very good at it. Well, we just got a question from our live chat from Tyson Tanner, whose birthday is today, so we wish Tyson a happy hey, birthday. happy birthday, Tyson. Um, he wants to know, what would John and Carl be like in today's game, and how would their game? How would they be different than they were in watching them in the '91 game? Well, that's a great question. Um, you know, I guess I guess they'd be more spot up shooters. Um, you know, and they they would have adapted to the game like everybody else has. It's you know, it's hard to compare eras at times, but. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think they both would have done well. I think they both still would have had great careers. Would have been the same as, as when they, you know, I always believe you're on the planet at the perfect time for whatever you need to be doing. And I think the game of basketball at that point in the 80s and 90s was perfectly set for John and Carl. And they both adapted to it um, very well. Uh, and, um, you know, it was more of a rough and tumble game, which, uh, I really like too. You know, again, I go back like that 94 series against the Spurs and, you know, guys around the floor pushing each other around and knocking each other down. And just, uh, I was like getting pumped up watching that. I'm like, I gotta go hit somebody now. Um, but, um, that's, that's just that, that era, what that era was. And those guys did that so well and nobody ran the pick and roll like John and Carl. And, and it was just a, a beautiful thing to watch. It's interesting on the John and Carl pick and roll. You talk about the genius of Jerry and Phil and, and Frank and everybody else in their offenses. Some of the spacing that they were able to get on some of these pick and rolls where that off the bounce bounce pass. Um, oh, by the way, they're running an ad right now for WKRP in Cincinnati. Cause that's coming up next. How classic is that? Uh, but you know, we watch it like right now there's a pick and roll with you and, and John and you know, there's a, 
there's pretty decent floor spacing. Like they really were creative in how they move people because the defense was not stretching out to three point shooters the way it is today. No, it wasn't. Uh, but and so and, and spacing was still just critical. That, that uh, even more so from that standpoint because um, you did have to create space for Carl to, to operate inside. And you know the whole day, days of the illegal defense back then, the way the rules were. You know, my job was a lot of times to stand up near half court and then point at my man because he needed to stay above the free throw line so Carl could operate at low post. Uh, and not, and my my uh, the guys guarding me wasn't able to double down on him. So, and you look at the great teams from back then, like the, the Celtics and the Lakers, they were so good at spacing, and that made it it makes it so difficult to double down on anyone. Because I can remember playing, you know, the Celtics and and Jerry would say, "Look, you got Robert Parrish tonight. We can't help you. Good luck or Kareem, whatever it was." Uh, because if you doubled off of them, even though three-point shooting wasn't as much of a part of the game as it is today, it was still an important part. If you get Larry Bird out in the corner or Byron Scott or Jamal Wilkes, whoever it was, uh, you, you, you know, those five men were so good that all the offense went through the low post. They'd throw the ball in. Guys would cut off. Guys would split, um, you know, whatever it was. And so um, you had to respect that that uh, spacing and Frank and Jerry did a great job of, of teaching us that and, and forcing us to do that because it made it much more difficult for the defense to effectively uh, guard us. You've got David Robinson you're defending in this game, a young David Robinson. Who was the most difficult guy for you to defend? You know, I say throughout my career, it was probably Olajuwon uh, because Hakeem, when he when he came into the into the league, you know, he came from a soccer background, so he had these very quick feet and this, you know, six ten, six eleven body. And um, and we played them, of course, all the time because, like the Spurs, they were in our division. Uh, and uh, he was so quick. And, and I might be mistaken, but I believe one year he led the NBA in both block shots and steals as a five man, which is just wow. incredible to think about. Uh, and uh, so you know, you think you had him pinned. You call for the ball, and somehow you slip under your arm, grab the ball, take off, you know, dribble the ball down the court, and deliver it to somebody else. And and um, uh, so he was a real challenge. The, the centers that I came into the NBA uh, with uh, that were already in the league, you know, guys like uh, Bob Lanier, Artis Gilmore, et cetera, were kind of the bigger, more plodding centers like myself and, and had a certain style. And while you had to be incredibly strong to work with them at low post, um, you kind of knew where they were going to go and what they were going to do. When Olajuwon came in, when David Robinson came in, some of these, these uh, quicker centers, uh, it became, became much more of a challenge. So I can remember going to, um, you know, playing against the Spurs, and, and David Robinson, you can probably remember this play, Dave, there at the uh, top of the key, and whoever it was, Sean Elliott, or in this case, probably Rod Strickland, you know, he would spin baseline off of low post and just go directly up to the backboard, up to the square, and they would deliver the ball. And, and he did it so quickly before he could turn around, the ball was coming through the net. It was like, kind of like, what happened? Like, he had great leaping ability, great athleticism, and, uh, and they worked on little plays like that that uh, really made it difficult to guard those guys. I'm looking at Akeem Olajuwon's, like, history right now, and uh, probably the player who... If you ask me the player historically that probably is the least regarded for what he accomplished. I mean, you kind of, it's probably Elijah. You know, his two titles he has, they, they sometimes push aside because Jordan wasn't there. But I mean, I'm looking at his at 27 years old. So right at his peak, 24 points, 14 rebounds, three assists, two steals, five blocks a game. Holy smokes. Right. right. 
Yeah, yeah just, just incredible. incredible. Like both ends of the floor in relentless energy, uh, and um, you know, just never seemed to slow down. Uh, and uh, yeah, he was. He was a challenge, one of the greatest ever. And we didn't like each other very much back then. You know, we had we had our words on the court, but uh, now we're like best buddies. And every time I see each other now, he's like, oh, man, I hate playing against you. Give me a hug. How often do you talk to – how much of your – I mean, I know you're you're living up in Summit County, and you do a great job with your outdoors, with your exercise mountain bike and your skiing, which you and I are probably really should be consoling each other today that we're sitting inside and not taking part of what's outside of us right now. Um, but how much of your interaction is with former players in the league? You know, not, not a lot, I guess. I, I mean, I talk to guys. I'm quite friends on Facebook with quite a few guys. And, um, like, I'll call John today and talk to him and say happy birthday. And I talk to him every couple, three months, I guess. And mailman I see once in a while. Big T I talk to. And then we have kind of our retired players association, Legends of Basketball. And so I keep track of some guys there. But... Generally, it takes like going to the All-Star game where we have or we have in the summertime uh, during the NBA Summer League. We have kind of retired players get together and see a lot of guys there. But, you know, I, I follow guys on social media and stuff like that. And, um, but it's hard. Everybody's doing their own thing and spread all around the country. And so it usually takes some sort of an event to really get together and check in with guys. Well, John Stockton has just checked out of the game. You guys are well on your way to a win. His 28 assists are in the books. As you did January 15th of 1991, you will still win this game. Nothing changes in the outcome when we watch them, but it's sure fun to to watch all of them and, and to catch up on it. Um, I want to go back to where you started this one because I am so bummed I missed it. When you watched the Wilt-Russell game, what jumped out to you the most in that? In that? I, I really wish I'd seen that because, honestly, I didn't, you know, I didn't see either of them play at all and as it – as someone who loves the game, I really wish I had seen more, you know, I'd seen them. So well, I, I, I think, think when, when it comes, it comes to, to Wilt and Russell, Russell just, just how physically dominant they were in the game out there. Um, and, and Wilt at that point was, um, I, I think into the latter part of his career, uh, but, um, and, and Bill Russell for that, for that matter as well. But, um, you know, how dominant they were as big men and how much of the offense they were a part of. And, um, and, um, and then defensively, defensively how uh, aggressive they were in terms of blocking shots. It was just a great era of basketball. And watching Jerry West shoot jump shots was just like, um, that was really fun. And uh, a couple of months ago, I happened to speak in uh, Greenbrier, West Virginia, which is right where Jerry West is from there in that area. And, and uh, I went fishing with this guy that was best friends with him. And we were talking about just what a great player he was. And, you know, uh, his ability to dominate the floor and the, his shooting style was just so efficient and so quick. And his, you know, Mr. Clutch was not his nickname for no reason. I mean, he was, he just did a great job of, uh, of spotting up and shooting the ball from anywhere on the court. And it was just, uh, it was just fun to, to see kind of the, the era of basketball that, that really kind of set the stage before I came along and, you know, 10 years later or so. And, um, it was just, um, and it was at the, it was at the forum in Los Angeles, which is in the news this week, of course, because Steve Ballmer bought it for four hundred million dollars or something like that, and um, it was just kind of a fun to reflect back. And you know, if, you, if you're from California at all or whatever, I mean, that was in, back there in the seventies and stuff. That was just a, it was the, you know, the Lakers and the Rams. That was everybody we were talking about. Of course, the Dodgers, but. Uh, 
Uh, it was just a, it was just a fun, fun reflection time for me personally. All right, hopefully let's get a good chuckle. Uh, having been a lifelong Jazz fan, uh, we're closing the game right now with our bench unit, and I'm sad to say I actually can get almost all of them. Walter Palmer, number five, is Andy Toulson. I'm having a hard time with 45. Delaney Rudd is on the floor. Who's 45? Mm. White guy, lot of hair. Oh, um, Bob, Bob Thornton. Oh, maybe now a scout in the league. That might, yeah. yeah. I, I think you're probably right. Wow, yeah. uh, it's kind of funny. By the way, you look on the bench. They have a shot on the bench right now. Of the Spurs. It's Larry Brown with R.C. Buford and Greg Popovich as his assistant coaches. Yeah, yeah and that, and that was, was not, not a very, very good, good team, team if I recall. So, so and they had Greg Cadillac, Anderson, and Rod Strickland, and David Robinson was just kind of coming into, you know, just kind of getting rolling and coming into into his own. But they hadn't really assembled the, the great team that they were to become um, after uh, Larry Brown left. But and of course, Larry Brown was my college coach at UCLA, so I always got up for games against him and. And, and had some, uh, some some good good statistical games against the Spurs back then. It was kind of fun. And now we have Larry Brown, who is somewhat a mentor to Quinn Snyder, as this whole world comes full circle on everything. Well, I hadn't heard that one, but there you go. I think they 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 have always stayed in touch. Larry recruited Quinn. I guess Larry's probably at Kansas at that point. And so Quinn always says the hardest phone call he ever made in his life was to tell. He doesn't always say it, but he says that one of the hardest phone calls of his life to make was telling Larry Brown that he had chosen Duke instead of Kansas. <laughs> and then they, yep. and Larry, then they stayed Larry. close. <laughs> well, well, that's good they stayed close. close. I mean, Coach Brown, there's nobody with more experience out there than Coach Brown in terms of wide variety of situations, colleges, and NBA. He was, an, he was an interesting guy, let me tell you. Yeah. All right, uh, give us an update on how you are. Uh, obviously, you are in shutdown in Summit County, as I am. We're evidently not going anywhere till May 1st. Um, yeah. How, how are you doing? Well, well we're, we're just hunkered down. down. Um, you know, my, my speaking business is pretty much shut down. Uh, the restaurants, the restaurants were doing to-go food, food, so if you're in Salt Lake Valley, Valley you're looking for some, some good food. Uh, Tuscany or uh, Franks food is uh, two places we're still doing some takeout stuff, but it's uh, not doing a whole lot of business right now. So it's kind of retooling and rethinking, strategizing, uh, maybe doing some online offerings with my with my speaking and training business. And, and other than that, watching the snow and uh, trying to eat lots of vegetables and stay healthy, drink my celery juice every morning. And um, that's pretty much it. Just hunkered down like everybody else. So, uh, and watching the old NBA games on TV. Well, uh, it's been great to catch up with you. Uh, I know both of you are dying. You and I are dying a little inside today when we woke up with a foot of powder on our house. Um, yeah, no skiing. Can't go outside. Can't ride my bike. Yeah. Go for a walk uh, with the dog a little bit. My horses just look at me like, are we ever going to go out? I'm like, I don't know. And uh, so um, that's what we're doing. All right. Well, stay healthy. And uh, good mention there to Franks and Tuscany. If you're looking a place to help the local businesses, please do with both of them right at the base of Cottonwood Canyon. Um, I'm actually so willing to go on a long drive right now. I might just go do that from Park City because, frankly, oh, wait. oh, Like yesterday, my wife said, I hear there's toilet paper at the grocery store. Could you go get some? And I was like, sure, but I'm walking. So, like, yeah. it took me an hour and a half to go get it done. But the, it, I'm walking. I'm taking as much time as I can on it. So, anyway, yeah, Mark, well. 
Thank okay. you so much for the time. I super appreciate it. All right. All right you bet, David. Thanks. Right, take, take care. care. Well, that certainly was a nice treat to have both those guys on and uh, chatting. Uh, Thurl Bailey joined me. Ron Boone joined me. Dave Fredman, his audio quality wasn't quite as good. He was on the phone. We'll check on that. Obviously, the audio quality and all this is a little sketchy. Uh, I'll try to get those up for you as well, but I hope you really enjoyed. Jeff Hornacek, Mark Eaton yesterday, re-watching some of the great jazz classics. Uh, this is Locked On Jazz. Ben Golliver and I had a nice conversation yesterday on Locked On NBA, so go listen to that now. Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NBA. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.